The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the world's strongest man, a world champion in not one, not two, but three different sports. Mark Henry and I talk, as we always do on a Friday, we spar. With Justin Labar, we get into all the news and notes from the week that was in pro wrestling. And we also talk to now 2021 inductee into the Boys and Girls Club Hall of Fame, Titus O'Neill, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Let's go to Dark Side of the Ring from last night, Justin. Yikes. Man, Nick, the the career of Nick Gage, the life of Nick Gage, very interesting dark side of the ring last night for sure, Justin. Yeah, very interesting. I want to start because I don't think we've ever talked to, at least I, I haven't with you guys. I think I, I think these dark side of the rings are very entertaining. I, I think the way they tell stories, the, the way they, um, you know, the reenactments are shot in the silhouette style so you don't have any cheesy poor actors. It's it's, it's I think it's a lot of things they do are yes. nice, uh, really well nice, really well done. Um. This was fascinating to me. I mean, yeah, this guy, quite a life, Nick Gage. And it just got me thinking. It got me going down like the deathmatch kind of rabbit hole of, of research and just thinking about it. And, like, I got respect to the guys who have balls to go out and, and have the courage to do it, chasing the pop and chasing the admiration to entertain the crowd. But then I'm like, man, what a fine, careful, careful line there is between being a pro wrestler who can do a death match and then just being a dude who is just playing Russian roulette with weapons in what we call a pro wrestling ring by happenstance. Like I just, I was just thinking like companies that are built off doing just this, like no, a death match should be a a stipulation. It should be a, you know, a a one-off. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a format. I I just, I started going down the rabbit hole of just like, and I started thinking, I'm like, if I, if I walk onto some, any football field, and I catch a pass from somebody that doesn't make me a pro football player. That makes me a dude that caught one pass on what happens to be a hundred yards of grass for no money. So it's like, if you happen to step into a 18 by 18 or 20 by 20, you know, three rope, four sided pro wrestling ring, and you are not doing any working, you're not doing any storytelling. You're just shattering stuff. That doesn't make you a pro wrestler. That just makes you again, a guy willing to do some really stupid, dangerous stuff in a pro wrestling ring for no money. 
you know, or a hot dog and a handshake. Or, you know, I, I, I don't know. I was just, it was just thoughtful. It was so, it's, so fascinating to me just going down. And I want to get Mark's take on this because this is important to get Mark's take from what you just said. Because, Justin, you and I have kind of dabbled in stepping into a ring, whether it's on a microphone or a manager, or me get my ass kicked by Thunder Rosa. I am not, like, by any stretch of the imagination, part of that world. Like, I am not a wrestler. I'm not a worker. I'm not a performer by any stretch. Like, that's just, I'm, I have a little bit of a guest role on a show that is defined by professionals. I am not by any means a professional. That's not my way of life. And I have the ultimate respect for what people are able to do when once they step into that ring. And I think you would agree, Justin. So I got to ask Mark, like, what's your take on what Justin just said about people that figure that, hey, I'm having a match on a show, so now I'm a quote-unquote professional wrestler? You know what, Dave? I... I look at it differently because I know a bunch of guys that <clears throat> didn't get the uh, full-time job at WWE or w WCW or any of the other major brands around the world. They've been delegated almost to uh, work in the indie scene and work in the hardcore indie scene. Uh, I brought up Flash Flanagan, who I'd like to have on the show at some point. Um, I love Flash. Flash was actually a guy that could actually work, and he didn't have to do the hardcore route. It was just one of the elements to his game. But when he didn't get signed by the big companies, he had to make a living. It's not like he could just stop. So, of course, you know, he became – a guy on the indie scene that would do and could do anything at any time. And that's how I see the deathmatch world. I was not a big deathmatch guy because at one point I watched a few and there was no rhyme or reason to it. It was just like working around hardcore uh, spots and there was no story that was being told. And I was like, oh, this is boring and I would turn from it. It's gotten better uh, over the last 10 years, and I, I just have to, this, this guy, he just takes it too far. And I'm not saying that he can't put together uh, a match that would tell a great story because I'm sure that every everybody that's had that level of success can. Mm -hmm. We're talking about it. Regardless of what we deem as negative, he's still a success at what he did and, and what he's doing. So we can't condemn him. I, I just, you know, <laughs> I, it's not my cup of tea. And if somebody says, hey, man, like, don't cut me or don't hit me in the face with that, then you don't hit them in the face with it. You don't do it to spite that person or to say, oh, yeah, you don't want to hit you in the face? Well, fuck you and hit you. Like, you don't do that. And that's where I draw the line. That's where I think that there's something, a screw loose for that, you know, industry. And um it just needs to be more regulated 
Well, Justin, we've yeah. always heard as fans about, you know, wrestlers being safe in the ring. And, you know, you put your trust and safety into somebody in the ring. And listen, I love Deathmatch Wrestling. I was a big fan of FMW back in the day. I, you know, I, I had all the VHS tapes that I would get and Onita and everything else. But like the one wake up call watching that dark side of the ring is when David Arquette is saying, hey, I'm an actor. I'm willing to do anything. Just please don't cut me. And him saying... And he, he, him acknowledging, even in Dark Side of the Ring, I said to him, I'm not going to do that. And then and then he does it, like a big F you in that match and taking out a piece of cutter and slicing up his head. Yeah, like Mark said, that, that's where you go, what's going on here? I mean, I will say, to Nick Gage specifically, uh, the guy is, he's very engaging to his audience and he has an audience. So that, no doubt, you know, like Mark said, you know, so I, I, I'm i not, you know, he he's, you know, as you would see, one of the more successful guys to do it. But yeah, it's like, and, and like like you, Dave, and I think to me it's all about like again, you can have a death. Like it's fine for a one off, it's fine for a blow off, it's fine if a story has gotten to that point, if the characters have took it to that point, and then within the match, there needs to be a rhyme or reason for what's 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 elevated us to use this prop for this stunt, what have you. That that's what just gets me is is there or is there not? Like and like you, Dave, I'm not a pro wrestler. I, I've got to have a few special roles that I was super privileged and super appreciative. Uh, one of them with our own Tommy Dreamer, another one with the Sandman. But both of these guys, hardcore legends. And what 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 really opened my eyes here was getting beat up by both of these guys with with um, you know, uh, in hardcore fashion, so to speak, was prior to it listening to them of why we're going to do it this way, why you're going to move this way first, and, and for the fake out before we like. Li- and it it was just so eye opening to hear it from 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 these guys, from these legends themselves of hardcore. And then it's like, yes, this makes sense. This is what this is this is what makes hardcore make sense because there is a reason and there is a there is a there is a ploy there's a string being pulled to the audience before we give them the big boom, and I respect and was so appreciative got to have both those experiences with both um both those guys but then I look at some of this other deathmatch stuff that I can find I'm like I don't I I don't see the rhyme or reason or it's going over my head like some of it just goes like yeah it goes right over my head yeah why would so, you do that. Yeah, and, I mean, the guy put his body on the line, and for that, you know, he has my respect, but, you know, when you, you know, when you take somebody's trust in your hands and then you take away that trust in that moment where, you know, he's a babe in the woods, you know, this is his first time ever doing that, so he's trusting you that you're going to guide him along in this match, and then the things you said you weren't going to do, you wind up doing, like, I mean, I would I would think, and we've had David Arquette on this show many times, but I'd love to get him yeah. back just to ask him, like, what was going in his mind at, in those in, in at that time? Because now you've completely lost. Get all me trust. to the hospital. Yeah, is what was going through his mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you've and, lost and you're all to, you're trust. Be, you're supposed to be working. There's supposed to be an illusion. You, you, you know, I mean, pro wrestling is going to hurt. Obviously, that's, that's going to hurt. But you're supposed to still be trying to protect the best as possible you know it's not it it ain't as real as it could be but it damn sure ain't as fake as it could be like it's like you're supposed to be working so you can do more of this and make more paydays like i I just it's it's, it's just i don't know i just like i said i got down a certain wormhole where i just started becoming baffled of like uh you know you're not working you're just again doing stuff that would otherwise be considered assault on the street but you're in the backwoods inside of a wrestling ring so it's legal and it's also professionalism justin if you came on the air or mark you know, before this show and said, hey, Dave, I'm not comfortable about talking about this. So, like, could we please stay away from this topic or this question because right. I'm not comfortable with it? And I said, yeah, of course. Sure. You know, I, we, I want you on as a guest. But, you know, so I'll stay away from that. 
and then I have you on and then I go there and then I, I bring up that topic or I bring up that question like that's throwing professionalism out the window. Now, now what I'm doing is I'm taking advantage of you and Nick Gage, all due respect, completely took advantage of David Arquette in that moment, in that match. And it was shown last night at the, on dark side of the ring. And it's ba yeah, bad business. Take, you know, make it look good. But but keep the guys trust. So maybe there's another match. Maybe there's a bigger platform versus whatever whatever venue they were at, the bar or whatever. Maybe there's a bigger platform that you could get it to if you guys work. If you guys stir it up on social media, keep it going. But yeah, you do that, you just lost our cat's trust, and 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 the the paydays are gone. Yeah. So I, I thought that was it's definitely an interesting show to watch. You see a man and how listen obsessed with and a dream realized being a part of this death match community and what it's done for him in his life. And in his, his career, I definitely recommend watching that episode of Dark. It's Side a hell of a watch. Mm -hmm. and, it really is. But you know what? Dark Side is is uh, they've advanced now to doing Dark Side of the NFL. Yeah. And I, I watched the episode, and what I didn't like it. It, it was it's not wrestling. It's not the same Dark Side. I didn't watch the NFL one, so I can't tell on that. But it's it's completely different. Is it just like an yeah. expose, or is it like tabloidish? It's kind of tabloidish. It's, it's like you know showing you these guys what went wrong and why it went wrong, and then they, you know, it's over. Well, I didn't I didn't see Dark Side of Football, Mark, but I'm not surprised necessarily to hear you say that because my thought too when I saw them expanding this 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 gimmick, this franchise, obviously it's been a huge success for Vice, so I'm not surprised that. Vice said, okay, Dark Side of the Ring's working. Let's expand it. But, like, the guys who do Dark Side of the Ring, I mean, like, you can tell that they are passionate wrestling fans who want to tell these stories and, you know, have some have some base knowledge. Like, I don't think, you, you know, I, maybe they've never, maybe they're not football fans. Maybe they're not, like, so I don't know if the same passion or same storytelling is going to translate over to these other, other you know, genres to just to, to just expose the underbelly of what, what happened. Yeah, Chad Ochocinco is not what we saw with this deathmatch stuff or – with any of the stories that have been played on Dark Side of the Ring, um, New Jack and stuff, you know, like, and Bruiser I think Brody. some of, man, yeah, Bruiser Brody, Brody yeah. that was rough. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, man, like to, it's, it's hard to associate something else with what wrestling has become. And when you do, and it doesn't live up to that same hype or level of wow. I, then, then it's like, you know, it's just extra tape that was shot. It was just extra footage. It seemed like, you know, let's use this in something. Let's do that dark side of the ring with it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, maybe I, I didn't watch it. Maybe I'll take a look at it, but from what you just said, I probably will pass. Uh, one thing that's changing, and Justin, last week when you were on, we're talking about the world kind of opening up again, the world of pro wrestling opening up again. Uh, interesting news, AEW, and he talked about this with Tony Khan this past Wednesday, um, starting to tour. Gonna, you know, in July, going back out, going really going out on the road. You know, I mean, hey, it's time, I guess, and they're going to be doing it in Texas and Florida. What are your thoughts on? AEW going back out on the road. Very exciting. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very exciting. Not? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously their announcement came just a little bit ahead of yesterday's news from the CDC, but it seems like this is all, 
you know, this is all moving together in the same direction of, of, of you know, we're getting vaccinated and, 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 and things are opening up. I, I, you know, I looked at this from AEW and I immediately said, you know, this is you know, good for them, good for their fans. This is good news for WWE fans because, you know, WWE is going to see that they ain't, you know, they're not going to want to be too far off the ball here. So uh, this is good news for everybody. Um, and, and I, and I, you know, look, I mean, look, you, you can watch. You know, the NHL playoffs are, are starting tomorrow. You know, they, they've got, a, you know, fan. I mean, everything's opening up. Sports are opening up. It's just, it's time. So, um, you know, obviously pro wrestling's, you know, they travel, they, you know, they travel at a higher rate than, 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 than major, than professional sports do, you know, where professional sports teams spend half the time in their same home city. You know, wrestling's a different town every week, different, or a couple towns every week, potentially. Uh, so, you know, there is a little bit more risk. You got, you're traveling, you got this whole circus moving and every state's a little bit different still in terms of, how how healthy are they? How how vaccinated are they? But it's it's time. It's got you got to start at some point in the summertime. Warm weather outdoors over here. It's still the safest. This is this is this is time to do it. And it also looks like you mentioned the WWE that there's plans of SummerSlam August 22nd being in front of an audience out of the Thunderdome, and you know two possibilities that are being thrown out there: Vegas and how about this Madison Square Garden in New York City? Uh, what you what have you heard about that? Yeah, both great options. Vegas is what I was hearing for the last couple of weeks. Vegas, uh, to me, was was what I kept hearing, and it made a lot of sense uh, in terms of again where the where that state is. Uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a you look at the weather out there. You look at the venue options. Vegas, you know, people getting back there always there for tourism, for the gambling, for the for the shows. So you know, you you got people there, uh, you know, to do some marketing too. But look, MSG obviously that's I mean that is WWE's backyard. You know, that is that is the that's the arena that is number one synonymous with WWE. You know, they haven't done TV there in a long time because TV is expensive to do there. Uh, that's why yeah. they do the Barclays Center, because it's 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 a it's a fraction of a cost. But I think this would be a great justification of said price to, you know, if you're going to have your big your, your return back to normal, so to speak, uh, full time, you know, SummerSlam. And then from that point on back to uh, in front of audiences, you know, what better place than Madison Square Garden, you know, a, a house that the McMahon's built. No doubt about it. And we have a pay-per-view coming up on Sunday, uh, WWE WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, it looks like a really good card that we're going to see on Sunday. Lashley, Drew McIntyre, and Braun Strowman, Bianca Belair, and Bailey, Rhea, Asuka, Charlotte Flair, Roman, and Cesaro, Damian Priest, and The Miz. Uh, it looks like a damn show. You think we're going to get any title changes, Justin, if you were to predict for Sunday at Backlash? Um... I can maybe see. Give me Oscar's match again. Oscar's. It's uh. It's uh. We're we're getting Rhea, Oscar, and Charlotte Flair. Mm. I, I mean, I can see. I can see a title moving in there. Um, but you know, overall, no. I'm I'm more or less looking forward to just seeing the performances. I'm not so much expecting huge storyline advance. Like like perfect example. I don't think Cesaro is going to beat Roman, but I'm just looking forward to. I'm just so happy to, to see Cesaro in a pay per view world title match. So I'm just excited for that performance. You know, I'm, I love Damian Priest. So I'm, I'm yeah. excited to see him and this, this, this climb that he's having. You know, one, maybe one of the best transitions ever of somebody from NXT uh, to, to, to Raw or SmackDown. So I'm, I'm more or less just looking forward to the presentation, the bell to bell. I'm not necessarily thinking it's going to be a huge storyline uh, mover this Sunday uh, for WrestleMania backlash. What a marketing ploy that is for those new people in Peacock. Oh, there's another WrestleMania. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> WrestleMania part two uh, on Peacock. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are 
XM Live. Serious XM Fight Nation is your home for the hardest hitting combat sports talk you'll find in the world. Whether it's pro wrestling, MMA, or boxing, join the conversation with us at 877-FIGHT-93. Anytime from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. As we react to the hottest storylines, most intriguing matchups, and more. Oh my God! Your home for the best all-day combat sports talk anywhere. Serious XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked, from family farms and cold press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Back here on Busted Open, Dave LaGreca, Mark Henry. And we get the chance to talk to... 2021 Alumni Hall of Fame inductee for the Boys and Girls Club of America, our good friend, Mark Titus O'Neill. Titus, good morning to you. Thanks for joining the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. What's up, Mark? What's up, man? I, I, would, I would normally say, man, you, you're looking good, but you always look good. 
Oh, thanks, man. I'm, you know, I'm trying to get on that Mark Henry uh, diet. You know what I'm saying? Not lose that much weight, but I'm, I'm losing a little bit. Nah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to <laughs> do that. Eat a sandwich hey, right. and have some fun. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more excited about talking about you being in the Boys and Girls Club Hall of Fame, man. Like, shit, you trying to catch me? I'm, I, I, hey, we we talked about it in the car for years. Hey, man, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a. You said, hey, one thing you 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 I want you to do is leave the business better than you than, than you found it, and that was the mm-hmm. advice that was passed down to you. And uh, I, I took you know took heed to that word and has done everything I could. And obviously, coming from the background that I came from, raising a single parent home, uh, odds stacked against me, uh, and and many didn't expect me to do much. Uh, the Boys and Girls Club was a huge um, asset to our family and uh, in giving me a, a, a safe place to be, go after school, uh, introducing me to sports. My first, you know, since uh, I, as I said in my induction speech, you know, my favorite ice cream is butter pecan because that was the first time I ever went to this really cool um, and expensive ice cream place uh, down in South Florida. And uh, it was after I got into a fight and my counselor Love the way that we resolved the issue, and our reward was to go and and uh, and and have ice cream. So, butter pecan was my first experience at that place, and butter pecan still lives uh, loud and clear in my life today. Well, I tell you, man, like it, it's always cool to see uh, guys that you know they don the ring as these big, giant, tough, gargantuan monsters. And then you see them around a bunch of kids, and they just like goo, and like and so. When I see you around the kids, and and you're playing around with them, and do you feel like you're you're, you're giving back? And 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 it's, I, I mean, from my perspective, I want to give what I didn't get. You know, I say the same thing to my kids. Uh, I, I there was a lot of things I missed out on. And I'm living vicariously through watching y'all enjoy it to see what it felt like to be a kid. Do you ever get that feeling? Absolutely. I, I tell my kids the same thing, you know. Uh, and, you know, I had to do a little quick floss with the rain uh, for the 2020 award, or, you know, Hall of Fame. Similar to yours, you know what I mean? It's just a different year. But, uh, yeah, I uh, I always tell my own kids the same thing. Like, I want I want to give you a life that's much better than the one that I had as a kid. But I also want you to understand that there are other kids out there that don't have the opportunities that you have uh, and the small things that, you know, that they may or may not take for granted. And they don't take a lot for granted. I mean, my kids are just like uh, your kids, Jacob, very, you know, um, uh, very loving, you know, and understanding of the, the surroundings around them. Uh, but it's for those kids that we do so much tireless work, you know, whether it be through my Bullet Family Foundation or in partnership with the Boys and Girls Club of America through WWE's uh, various partners. Uh, it is our it has always been my mission to live, as I said in my Hall of Hall, uh, uh, Warrior Award speech. I've never really cared much about success because I truly believe that anybody can be successful when they put their mind to it and they're given the right opportunities. But I did want to be significant. Uh, because success is for ourselves, uh, significance is for others. And when you are long and dead and gone, um, you know, you want your kids and your, your kids' kids to understand the legacy that you left that was significant in other people's lives. 
and not only being able to put smiles on people's faces, but also being able to put gas in their cars, providing them with a car, providing them with a home, providing them with a, with a meal. And all of these kids that we touch on a regular basis, like I said, whether it be through my foundation or other partnerships, it gives me, it always takes me back to, you know what? There was a time where I didn't have, uh, people. I didn't believe, and people didn't understand me. Now that I understand me, other people understand me, I do have, and that I do believe it's my duty to give that stuff back into the world because I have no room to, uh, you know, uh, be biased towards people uh, based on their religious beliefs or their sexual orientation because people, you know, people from all walks of life help me get into the position I'm in today. And that's what I tell my kids every single uh, chance I get is that your character will leave a legacy for so many uh, whether it's at your high school, when you get a grade to go off to college, and when you're out in the real world. And, and uh, you know, obviously, as a black man in America, we have to address issues with our children uh, that are different than our, our white counterparts. But still, at the end of the day, I think we're all, I know for a fact, we're all human beings. And love is a universal language. And I just try to lead with that and try to, and try to teach my kids to do the same. Well, I'm, I'm glad you said that because this summer, uh, Mark Henry Strong Kids is in the Boys and Girls Club here in Austin. We got 3,200 kids. And now that we're going to be able to open up, uh, I'm going to organize an event uh, probably in the middle of the summer. Uh, I'd love to have you come and tell your story to the kids and that you were an actual member of the Boys and Girls Club and, and use the Boys and Girls Club to become the man that you become. I grew up in a little small country town. We had more animals than people. We didn't have a Boys Sills. and Girls Club. But they, yeah, they have a Sills. Boys and Girls Club. Yep, Sills, we tell you, you've been there. Uh, yeah. They have uh, a Boys and Girls Club in my town now, and we're inviting them uh, to be there too. So it's going to be a big deal, and I want, I want you to be a part of it. Yeah, I absolutely uh, would love to. Give me the Don't date. Don't pay you much. Mean. Uh, no, you, you ain't, you ain't got to pay. Just, just feed me good. You know, you know my motto, man. If I'm eating good, we good. You know what I mean? I can pay myself. I can pay for my own stuff. If you'd have called me probably, you know, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, I'd have been like, yeah, bro, I got to get paid. But I now need a we check. Good. Yeah, I need a check, but we good. I'm, we good. You know, Ty, how, how, how much does it mean to you be, to be a global ambassador? for the WWE because, you know, we get to see you in the ring, probably not as much as we would like to see you in the ring, but all the stuff that you're doing behind the scenes and just connecting with people in that way. I mean, it's obvious the company loves you that they, they gave you this type of position for you. Yeah. I, um, you know, first off, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for everything that this company has provided me with, um, you know, my friendships with, uh, guys like Mark and so many on the roster. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've always, you know, just wanted to do as Mark told me early in my career, you know, leave the business better than you, than you uh, found it. And uh, to know that I have the trust of, you know, Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, and the rest of the executives up top that, that you know, what I stand for as a human being, as a man, uh, what I uh, believe in, uh, for all of our WWE superstars and what we should be doing outside of just giving great content on, on television week in and week out, extreme, extremely 
awesome athletes. I want all of our athletes uh, to understand also to the power of this platform. We've literally raised millions of dollars through this platform. We've been able to help so many different causes through this platform. And be because of this platform, a lot of folks have, have been afforded opportunities that they probably would never have gotten afforded that opportunity. So for me to be able to go out and showcase that on a global stage, uh, whether it's here in the United States or throughout the world, you know, Australia or, or South Africa or England, London, wherever it may be, uh, to be able to represent this company as what we, you know, we even changed the tagline, you know, from uh, then, now and forever to now, then, now, forever and together, because that's what it truly, uh, it, we're trying, what we do on a regular basis is gather people in front of televisions to escape their realities, grab, uh, you know, hopefully getting out of COVID and being able to gather them into arenas globally uh, and, and escape their realities, uh, but also to be able to showcase some of the stuff that outside of the wrestling, outside of the promos, uh, what we as a company do. And we just put out our, our 2020 uh, in a 2021 impact report, uh, which I got, you know, was obviously fortunate enough to grace the court cover of that impact report, but it just shows the, the, the significant impact that we've made on lives everywhere. And for me to kind of be the person that, you know, the company has chosen to, to showcase that, that highlight that and to help lead the other WWE superstars, uh, past and present. Uh, to that togetherness, uh, showing people, you know, how powerful we can be when we all come together, regardless of race uh, or background. You know, Titus, you mentioned about, you know, getting into arenas again. What was it like for you at WrestleMania 37 to go out there and, and see those live fans one more time, especially uh, was, after the last year that we've had, you know? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Uh, it was amazing for several reasons. Number one, like you said, we were back in business for the first time in over one year, one month, and one day. Um, and uh, being able to do it uh, at, in my hometown, uh, in, the, in the grandest stage of them all, with the person that uh, essentially put WrestleMania on the map and, and Hulk Hogan, uh, was truly a, 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 a treat, you know, I, I think not only for myself, but for the other WWE superstars, but most importantly, the fans and mm -hmm. the fans are what make us go, you know, and everybody that on that first night that went out when Vince said, welcome to WrestleMania and the crowd pop, you know, we, we did have a, a delay after that, but everybody that came back through those curtains, you know, before we were getting ready to go out for that first segment came back with goosebumps and our fans truly make our business, the best business in the world far bar none uh, night in and night out. And being able to kind of headline that, you know, uh, as the host, um, along with Hulk Hogan, uh, on the grandest stage of them all was definitely a, a treat. And I, I just wish we could have got the um, the uh, the fans from overseas to actually yeah. really have that Raw after WrestleMania real experience where our city could actually see just how crazy and rambunctious and how awesome our fans are, uh, especially during the time of WrestleMania season. Man, it was so it was so cool to see you stand out there and get that pop. I, I know that it, it moved you to your core because I watch your face. I know you. When yeah. they when that crowd cheered, I can see you could you it looked like you was levitating, like you came off the yeah. ground a little bit. 
And and yeah. and your face, I'm gonna tell you, as good as a performer as you are, and as good as a, an actor and entertainer, your face could not hide when they booed Hogan. When they booed you, <laughs> was like, oh. <laughs> I, I laughed my <laughs> ass off. <laughs> like, poor Titus. Poor Titus got to stand there and live through that. Oh, my God. It it, it, caught, it really caught me by surprise. I really didn't expect, you know, I expected some booze, but I didn't expect it to be at that level. But to, to Hulk's credit, he he took it in stride and kept going. He took and it in stride. Um, and, uh yeah, but it was it was it was definitely different. You know, it was a different, I was I was wondering. I, how, I just felt bad for you. Yeah, but you no, you know what you 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 had to talk it. right after that, and yeah. uh, you shook it off real fast, and you you went yeah. right back in the tightest mode and did your job, and uh, you should be commended for uh, the work that you did at WrestleMania. Uh, a lot of people uh, gave you a lot of compliments on how you handle stuff and how the energy that you had and the, uh, your pirate accent, you know, it sucked, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. I'm joking. <laughs> I, look, this is my family. This is yeah, my family. Okay. Like, okay. I, loved, I loved it. I loved the whole fact that, you know, you did the whole Buccaneer thing. Like, you, you did your thing, man. I'm, I'm very proud of the work that you've done and the man that you've become. Uh, from that guy that I met when I first met you, uh, man, you you are you are inspiration uh, to men of color and the men of color in the entertainment industry. And uh, you raising two unbelievably uh, beautiful and talented young men. Uh, man, how how are my boys doing? They are doing amazing. They got a spring game next Thursday. TJ is being heavily recruited. Titus is not far behind him. I actually just uh, finished talking to three coaches uh, the, last night to confirm some college visits over the summer. TJ kind of wants to narrow his choices down to five going into the season so he doesn't have to, you know, worry about all the other 40 or 50 schools calling him every day. Just, you know, be honest with everyone and let them know, hey, I've kind of narrowed it down to these schools. Uh, with knowing that there are other schools that will probably offer more during the season. Um, and so our first three trips are throughout the Carolinas, and, you know, we're going to make it. A, it's, it's Father's Day weekend. We're actually going up. So it'll be a Father's Day weekend. We'll, we'll uh, spend a lot of great time together. I haven't missed, fortunately, I have not missed a Father's Day weekend with my boys. Uh, as you know, I bring them on the road, you know, um, during during the year, several times during the year, uh, but especially during Father's Day uh, uh, every year. I've not missed a Father's Day um, unless we were overseas uh, in the past, you know, 12 to 13 years. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not wow. going to change that. And uh, that, as you know, it's very difficult to do in this business, you know, but you've you've had your boy, your, your, your daughter and son on the road and your wife on the road. Numerous times as well, and uh, you know I'm, I'm just very, very happy that um, for the success you've obviously accumulated up to this point, and and more that you that that we as as anybody that knows Mark Henry knows he's got some, a million irons in the fire all the time, and uh, so I'm looking forward to see what you got next. But don't 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 uh 
please don't 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 uh don't forget the fact that I'm gonna be a big movie star. And I told you that, you know, probably eight years ago. All right, so I'm, I'm waiting, man. I, I like to see advancements. When you get over on, when you get over and you become a big star, man, you know, that bit role, you know, me and Dave, we wanna be the two guys at the bar. You know, just you know, the sitting there, t- yeah, in the background. Just put us in the background. Well, I, I can guarantee Dave will be on the first project because he's put me in the first project. So we we uh we gonna try to squeeze you in. I don't know if you saw the uh, bit where he was uh, talking about the new movie he has out. You know, coming out on Netflix called Army of Dead. But he yeah. uh, he talked. He said about five people that he would want, and uh, you know. Fortunately for you, it wasn't you that he said, well, he said it was Big Show. Yeah, we'll bring Big Show along because it'll take them a long time to, to eat him and we'll be able to get away pretty much. So he- <laughs> <laughs> and and I was talking he- about, I was talking about my co-host, Dave LaGreca, but, you know, I, like, uh, you and ba- are, are you in the, in that film with Batista? I'm not in this one. I'm not in Army, in uh, Army of Dead, but. Very, you can look forward to seeing me uh, hopefully very soon in, in a project. That's cool. Yeah, he kayfabing us, Dave. You see that? You yeah, see he's got something coming up. He's got something got got coming up, guys. He's got some, that's fine. That's fine. We'll have to have him on again to talk about that project. Yeah, yeah. See, if I told you now, then it wouldn't be as surprising and interesting when, yes. when it does you know, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that though. I don't, I don't want people to tell me. I say that on this show all the time. Like you know, don't I don't want to know, you know. Yeah. I don't, I don't look at the dirt sheets and all that stuff. I hate them. So you yeah. know, like this, this show we analyze, we 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 prognosticate, but we don't, um, we don't Mark, steal Mark, the beans. Mark, up on his big words, I see. Hey, so he's an on-air personality now, Titus. Wow. You know, hey, you gotta give him credit. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sharper than the, the sharpest knife oh, in the drawer. Yeah, I, I know that. I just like to, I like to see it, you know, showcased on this on this platform right here, like like it is now. You know, you you're not you you know you ain't got on a rain gear or, or the peach uh, jack salmon jacket. You know what I'm saying? You're not putting on the act. You you really. Showing the world how smart you are, you know what I mean? Oh, well, it, this is stop him. it, stop it, tell me some more. <laughs> you know, Titus, I gotta ask you a question, and it's away from pro wrestling, if you don't mind. It's back when you were yep. playing football, not, and believe it or not, my favorite arena football team was the Utah Blaze. And the reason I oh. was a big Utah Blaze fan, Mark, as you know, uh, one of my all-time favorite Cowboys, Danny White, was the right. was the head coach of the Blaze, and I believe yeah. he was the head coach of the Blaze when yeah. you played for Utah. Yes. So, what was it like uh, playing for Arena Football Legend Danny White? Uh, it was uh, first off, I mean, he's probably one of the classiest men that you'll ever meet in your life. Uh, I've never seen a dude get fired up. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like coming in yelling or anything like that. He was just not that kind of coach. Uh, very pro, pro, pro. Um, you know, you, you if you got him to dance or do something outside of his character of Danny White, uh, you were pretty good. And we got him a couple of times, but, but not much. But when it comes to talking about working with quarterbacks and knowing the offense, uh, I mean, that dude is, is literally a genius when it comes to that stuff. And I was very fortunate to – have the opportunity not only to play for him, but to learn from him, learn how to learn, learn, you know, one of the things about professional sports that a lot of people take for granted is how do you operate in the business 
part of sports. You know, some people are so consumed to being the athlete that they don't understand the business part of it. And I, I got a lot of the business acumen as far as sports is concerned from Danny White, working with him and seeing him because he also served as general manager. So he worked all the transactions, the trades, the signings and all that stuff. He had to deal with the front office, uh, deal with the owners. And so, uh, and most coaches don't have to do that on a consistent basis. They have a general manager that takes care of stuff. They have a, a player personnel uh, director that play, takes care of that stuff. And Danny did all of it, and he won with all of it. And that's that's uh, wow. a credit to individual. That's the one thing. If like we're today, Titus, we were going into the DeLorean, and if we could change one part of history in pro wrestling. If I could change anything in the world of football, it would be that NFC championship game against the 49ers and Dwight Clark would have missed that pass in the back of the end zone. And Danny White would have went to the Super Bowl with the Cowboys and they would have beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl, Mark. You know that. And history would have been changed. Danny White would have been regarded as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Davis still hurt, I see. (laughs) <laughs> Yo, my feelings hurt. And you know, I'm going to tell everybody. I'll tell the world twice on Sunday. Go he ahead. was throwing that damn ball away. No and doubt. Clark just no luckily doubt. was a good athlete. And he jumped up there and he snagged that. That was a throwaway. I don't care what nobody say. See, I, I'm see, still Titus, messed up about it too, Titus. This is my, <laughs> my heart is hurt. I didn't bring it up. You know, <laughs> <and> Dave, <laughs> Dave and I are both Cowboy fans. We yeah. live for our misery. We yeah, yeah. misery. Yeah, I mean, Titus. it's been much that's happened since that game, and to know that, and to see the passion that you still have for that specifically loss is, is your 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 love for the Cowboys is clearly deep rooted. <laughs> <laughs> they all hurt. I, I've I've internalized all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Titus, you're an amazing person. Uh, thank you so much for what you do for the world of the WWE. What you do for the Boys and Girls Club. And I will say this, you know, you know, Mark said it about the booze with Hogan, but you even going up on that stage with Hogan at WrestleMania 37 shows what kind of a peaceful man that you truly are. And we appreciate yeah. you and you're a forgiving person as well. So uh, thank you for all that you do and congratulations on being uh, a Hall of Fame inductee for the Boys and Girls Club. Thank you. I appreciate it. Mark, and don't forget about my I, I, listen, I, I see you running, man. I see. Oh, you know, and on his side, it says, TJ and Titus, I love you, you know. Uh, so, I, but I just wanted you to get a good close-up, you know, since we all film and whatnot. Because, you know, you used to rub that in my face every time you saw me. You shake my hand a little harder, you know, to let me know you got the ring on. You know what I mean? So next time I see you, you know, I already shake hands hard anyway. So you just. Yeah, I tell you all the time, stop squeezing my hand. (laughs) Thank you guys for having me Congratulations, man. man. I'm proud of you. Congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Titus O'Neill. What an honor. You know, Boys and Girls Club of America, 2021 Alumni Hall of Fame inductee, Titus O'Neill. you could just tell talking to him. How do you not get motivated? How do you not get inspired? You know, just being around somebody like Titus O'Neill. You can't. Um, I always say that the the best people and the best teachers are lessons that you learn from them, and it wasn't directly at you. You you just picked it up because you see them doing it, and. 
Titus is one of those guys that he lives it. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, his kids don't have a choice. They see their dad work his butt off, try to help other people. He has a school. He didn't even talk about his school. He, he has a school that that's catering not only to the kids, but it teaches the parents. His school, they they get their GEDs, they 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 get on, they get college degrees on University of Phoenix and and other uh, college courses, you know, systems where they can get college, take college courses, so they can live a better life. Titus is doing his thing, man. He's he's a credit to uh, pro wrestling, a credit to society. Yeah, and uh, you know. You mentioned it, you know, him coming out and getting cheered and Hogan getting booed at WrestleMania 37. But, you know, he said it, Titus said it, he's a, he's a, but he's a different man and he's changed and he's doing this good, goodwill work. Um, I hope the same thing for Hogan. I I don't think anybody really likes to boo Hogan. He's obviously made some very bad mistakes in his past. I I still still want to help him. I still want to help him, Dave. Like anybody that know him, tell him like, man. It's, it's a, you know, my office still stands. You know, I'll stand right there next to him. And, and as long as he owns it and is truly sorry um, for, you know, what he's done, it's not going to go away. It don't matter how long, you know, you wait. I, I just pray that uh, before he meets the maker that he's able to repent for that and to, to, Get everybody to say, you know what, man, Hulk Hogan had a hard time. Uh, he made mistakes, but, man, he fixed it. We was able to see him uh, back in his glory and people cheer him. Like, that's what I, I, I pray and hope for him. Uh, but you know what? I know a lot of people that's like, man, screw him, man. That, that He deserves all of that. You know what? We all have to be forgiven at some point. And we all, but but to be forgiven, you have to honestly be remorseful and feel pain for what you did, and um, you have to show that. You have to show it. I I said at the time when it first came out because you know this to be true. Like he was in a very very bad place at that time. Obviously, you know he yeah. had substance abuse issues. Um, I don't think he's there now. Yeah, and and. And I think, and he also has found religion since then. And he's a man of God and he's gotten over his substance issues and he's, he's remarried. And I think he's a completely different person than he was that I think, you know, just like the tagline for the WWE, then now forever together, I think he has to realize that together part where it's just like, yeah. you know what? I gotta, I gotta be open to everyone that has ever been a fan of mine and say, hey, listen, and publicly say, Mark, I think again, this is, you know, this isn't me. This is I know what, Jimmy what I Hart listens to the show too. Yeah. So and, I would say, listen, I, I made him, a mistake. Man. Listen to me. Like I've, I made a mistake. I'm a different person than I was then. I, you know, I need forgiveness because it's got to hurt him. Hogan's, you know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. And he's a sensitive guy. I've seen the sensitive side booed. of him. He's getting booed. You at know WrestleMania. that shit hurt. At the event he created, if you, if, if I always say there would be no WrestleMania if it wasn't for Hulkamania. That's gotta hurt, Mark. If he's gonna be up there in front of an audience and they're booing him, that's gotta hurt. Yeah, you know it hurts, and 
he can change it. It's up, it's up to him. Well, I hope he takes your offer, Mark, and maybe one day on, on a Friday we can have him on and have like a summit where he could say those things. And, and yeah. I, I hope that one day that happens. It would be right? a complete um, blessing to um, the fan base because, you know, I've had uh, – Dave, you know, I know we got a break, but uh, I've had at least three or four Super Hogan fans that are African-Americans that – you know, said, you know, you start talking to him about it and they just go, no, can't do it, man. I don't have the energy today. Like it emotionally has screwed people up. There are people that can't, they talk about it like a funeral. They talk about it like a death in the family. Mm -hmm. Like if you had that kind of effect on somebody, wouldn't you want to change the, the narrative? Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you want to change how you made those people feel? And you know that's where we are. But he, now he did a he did apologize to the locker room, but I heard that that apology didn't have the same feeling. I, I could be wrong. Obviously, I was not there. Yeah, so. I was there. The apology felt like uh, it was, there was blame on on the person recording the deal, the dude Bubba or whatever. Yeah, like he, yeah, he's a piece of shit. You, you know, you don't record people in confidence. You know, but. Nonetheless, um, the apology has not got to be with blame. The apology has got to not be I got caught. It, it sounded like I'm sorry I got caught. And 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 that's that's where the problem was. And but it, it's like I said, it's not going away. And he's got allies. And if he wants to change it, it can be changed. And that'll go away, and we could have that guy back that we idolized as kids. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. Hey guys, Conan O'Brien here to tell you about some of the stranger things we've been doing recently on my podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Recently, we had an episode where I uh, sat down with some of the writers that I worked with on Conan O'Brien Must Go. That's my uh, travel show on Max. And we talked about everything that goes into those shows uh, and a lot of very insane anecdotes from our travels and adventures. There's another episode you might want to check out where I discuss with my physician, Dr. Arroyo, about my experience on Hot Ones. We talk about my near-death experience and his uh, complete inability to help me because he may or may not be a real doctor. That's just some of the stuff that's been going on. Uh, and if you feel up to it, check it out. So catch up on all things I've been up to on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, wherever you get your podcasts. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.